Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here with today's question. Do fish get thirsty? And... Okay, the short answer is that we have no idea because thirsty is a human experience of wanting a drink. And any ichthyologist would tell you that we can't know what fish or any other non-human animals are thinking and feeling. You know exactly when you're thirsty. You might experience a range of symptoms, perhaps dry mouth, fatigue, reduced urine output, lightheadedness, and weakness, among others. And when you're really, really thirsty, like lost in the desert without a canteen type of thirsty, you simply crave water, sometimes to a degree that you can hardly think about anything else. That powerful urge is what keeps our bodies from becoming dangerously dehydrated. But because we can't put ourselves in a fish's shoes, or fins, there's no way for us to know how fish perceive thirst, or if they do at all. We spoke via email with Boston College assistant biology professor Christopher Kennelly. He said, 
I think of thirst as a cognitive response to hydration, and it's hard to get inside a fish's brain. However, we do know quite a bit about how fishes regulate water balance. Regardless of their thirst drive or lack thereof, these creatures absolutely need hydration to stay alive. They regulate water balance via a process called osmoregulation, which is common to many other vertebrates, including humans. Ultimately, says Kennelly, osmoregulation maintains the appropriate amount of salts and water in the body, and two main organs facilitate this process. First, the kidneys kick into gear, helping to maintain salt levels. And second, the gills have special cells that exchange water and salt with the environment. Notably, the process varies quite a lot depending on where the fish lives, in freshwater or in salt water. Freshwater fish don't actively drink water because it would dilute their blood and bodily fluids. Kennelly said, The challenge for a freshwater fish is different than a marine fish. For freshwater fishes, the blood and tissues are much saltier than the external environment, and thus water follows this osmotic gradient. That is, the body is a salty sponge. So the challenge in this case is to keep water from diluting the body. To counter this, the kidney of a freshwater fish expels a lot of water from the blood and creates very dilute urine. He noted that freshwater fish are almost always peeing out this diluted urine, while their gills are constantly pumping salts back into the body using these specialized salt cells. On the other hand, saltwater or marine species often drink water through their mouths to keep hydrated. The challenge there is to avoid losing water to the much saltier environment, and to keep excess salt out. And Kennelly explained, their kidneys remove salt and conserve water while the salt cells in their gills pump salt into the water. Using these different directions of passing salt and water, the bodies of marine and freshwater fish are equally hydrated and salty. But what about anadromous fishes like salmon that swim in both freshwater and saltwater? We also spoke via email with Rebecca Ash, an assistant professor of fisheries biology at East Carolina University. She explained that salmon take the change in stages, sort of like an airlock. Quote, When adult salmon migrate into freshwater in order to reproduce, there's often a staging area where the salmon hang out before completing their migration. This staging area is located so that the fish are exposed to some brackish or fresher water so that they can gradually gain osmotic competency before migrating into their freshwater spawning grounds. As climate change rapidly warms the world's waters, fish like salmon may experience fast-changing conditions regarding temperature stability in water columns around the globe. This can dramatically alter the way fish adjust to the water's characteristics. Ash says that in some cases where warming causes sea ice to break off and float freely in a salmon staging area, quote, there will not be a lot of mixing between fresh and salt water because the sea ice produces a large amount of fresh water as it melts, and this serves as a barrier preventing mixing. In that scenario, this barrier prevents salmon from being exposed to brackish water, which delays their ability to adapt to varying salt content in their environment. If this all sounds fishy to you, it shouldn't. Our own bodies share similarities with fish. Kennelly said, you can even make the case that we are a type of fish. After all, we descend from them. Thus, we have retained many of the same osmoregulatory mechanisms our fishy ancestors had and modern fishes still use. That doesn't mean you should put your fishy credentials to the test, especially when it comes to salt water. All animals can ingest a bit of salt water, which is about 3.5% salt by weight, but it won't sate your thirst. 
Instead, you'll get thirstier by the minute as your body uses water to eliminate excess salt from your bloodstream. It's critical that fish use osmosis to regulate salt in their bodies. Without their sophisticated diffusion processes, saltwater fish would literally shrivel up into slimy raisins. And freshwater fish? They'd take on water until they burst. Today's episode was written by Nathan Chandler and produced by Tyler Klang. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more on this and lots of other not-so-fishy topics, visit our home planet, HowStuffWorks.com. And for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across, uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.